Blessings, uh, this is Jonathan Ramos speaking to you and you're tuning in to Streams with Jonathan Ramos. Uh, welcome to our second episode as we touch base on breaking down the paradigms of the prophet. Um, we started this podcast as a result of popular demand for 2019 and in honor to uh, present our new project, uh, House of Prophets, that will be coming sometime in 2019, we decided to dedicate the first three uh, episodes in using uh, the curriculum and or um, lessons that have been created by me uh, for the House of Prophets. Uh, if you want more information, you can tune in to houseofprophets.co. You can also visit us on our webpage at jonathanramos.org. So in our last episode, we pretty much stated and answered two questions. Uh, Our primary goal is to answer three. Uh, The two questions that we pretty much responded or answered to was, uh, what is a prophet and what is prophecy? Okay. Uh, We explained, if you haven't tuned in, please tune into it. Uh, we explain as to where the where profit comes from. Okay. Uh, today, you know, we are gonna go ahead and introduce or answer the third question, which is what is the goal? Uh, the primary goal of this is pretty much to break down a lot of paradigms or false paradigms or misconceptions of individuals who or people who have or, or individuals in general who has a misconception of prophets and what prophecy is. Um, so I encourage you to tune in to our last episode and pretty much to introduce or answer the question on what is the goal of the prophet. We definitely want to go ahead and take it back to the book of Samuel, right? Um, so to identify it, we do have to look back into his story or the book of Samuel or prophet Samuel who depicts the ministry of the prophets okay it was it was when we look at Samuel that a lot of the information uh, regarding prophets and prophetic ministry is found Uh, the reason why we overlook it is because the book of Samuel is now divided into two which take away a lot uh, from what the ministry of Samuel held, okay? So, what are their goals is the main question. What is the goal of a prophet? So, a lot of us have a misconception uh, of the prophet's primary goal. A lot of us will focus, we focus and we see prophets as individual who loves to wage war, uh, or pretty much oppose anybody who oppose God and you know calling judgments and miracles and signs and wonders and we have a prophet a lot of this conception comes for when we look at the one of the major prophets in the Bible which is Elijah uh, when we show in first Kings chapter 18 where he was confronted with Baal and he advised to kill the prophets of Baal where he challenged the prophets or he challenged the false prophets or the false god Baal. Uh, when after, you know, they, he attempted to, or he called fire from heaven, he then gives an instruction to slay or kill the prophets of Baal. 
nowhere, nowhere in the concept or instruction that the Lord gave Elijah was instructing him to destroy or kill the prophets of Baal. Okay, so we get a lot of the conception uh, from that. We we adapt a lot of the misconception on the goal of the prophet from that. Um, but it is in case and indeed that. I'm sorry to break it, but that is not the goal of the prophet. Uh, prophet's goal goes way beyond that, and to identify it, it is a. It, we have to look at the book of Samuel. Again, Samuel and the book of Kings was in the old Hebrew Bible one book, which is Samuel, right? Uh, then we have the book of Kings. It was never First Kings, Second Kings, or First Samuel, Second Samuel. It was just one book. It was the book where we they were called the kingdoms, or the book of the kingdoms. Okay, so when we go back into when the first events happened, right? When we go back into beginning with Moses when he led the Israelites out of Egypt, it is the event that God brought a prophet. Right, it was the event in which God brought in a prophet to free the people of Israel, free from Egypt, so that way they can be free from captivity or free from slavery, and they could be a people towards God and God be a people towards them. Right. So, when we look at that, we look at when Moses brought the Israelites out of Egypt. Uh, then we have the Israelite tribe. Okay, they had always been a pastoral, a nomadic people. Apart from their period of slavery in Egypt, they were always a nomadic people. Okay, so Israelites or the Israelites, okay, were when they were freed from slavery, they were dependent upon the Canaanites to teach them agricultural skills. Okay. Uh, we're talking about people that came from slavery. So they, when you look at the agricultural skills, they lacked or they didn't have much of it. And why we have to look into the book of Samuel is because when we see the transition as to when Samuel uh, depicts or, or, or ordains a king to the house of Israel and gets mad because the Bible says in the book of Samuel that the people demanded for a king. And out of rage or out of complaint, Samuel flared up with anger and and, brought the, and the Bible says that he brought it up to the Lord. Uh, it wasn't that he was confirming to the people, yes, I am gonna go ahead and pray for a king for you guys. No, it was more of a complaint. He brought it towards a complaint to the Lord. And the Lord tells Samuel, give them what they want, pretty much. So. To understand that attitude or to understand why it, 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 it angered Samuel, you have to understand the story, right? Um, to understand their goal or what is the goal of the prophet, okay? So they were free from slavery. Now they lack agricultural skills. So this therefore shows that they had a lack of success and poor harvest through crop disease, drought, locusts, or any other cause, okay? This then provided an opportunity uh, for the Canaanites to declare that they were worshiping the wrong God, okay? So we have a God who meant, when we look at Yahweh himself, or God himself, he was to be, he was to be a desert God, right? A desert God who had revealed himself to Moses on the mountain of Sinai, 
and at this stage, you know, but at the stage of Israel's religious development, he was not seen by the ordinary people as having universal power and authority. They knew him as, okay, a God who met Moses, uh, freed us, even though we saw the miracles, he freed us from, from slavery, but they lacked or they didn't have sufficient revelation as having him to hold universal power and authority. It was during this time and situation the different types of prophets such as seers and a beam of rose. Uh, they were strong Yahwehs, okay? Their major goal in this sense was pretty much, uh, the major goal of the prophets was pretty much to preserve loyalty to the people, to Yahweh and Yahweh to the people. It was to preserve the holiness, the righteousness, right? It was what their lives depended on. It was their primary goal. It was the purpose for their lives. It was the reason why God called them out. So when we look at back into the book of Kings, when we see Elijah and the conception that a lot of us get from Elijah of a prophet wanting to start war and God and the prophet just starts wars and, and declares judgment upon the land and wanting to fight people and stuff like that. It is a misconception because what happens now is that everything the prophet does at this point is pretty much based on anger, war, a uh, warlike attitude. It, it, it doesn't really hold the main priority or the main goal, which is loyalty to Yahweh, loyalty in your prayer life, loyalty to your righteous walk. So when we look at the events in which happened, or when we look at the events of the transition, okay, uh, of the people of Israel through the desert, right? They, they decided they had to depend on the Canaanites. They had to depend on other people to learn, of course, agricultural skill. Okay, this basic, you know, the basic problem arose from conceptions of deity, right? At this early stage of Israel's history, Israel's idea of Yahweh was that of a tribal God who met with them in the desert where he went into a covenant with them with this being said he was his relationship was to a people right so the Canaanites understanding of God was territorial so the Canaanites example of God was more of territory right so that explains why Canaanites who had the, the 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 false gods of Baal and different gods who were more territorial gods. So at this point, uh, Yahweh or God to the Israelites was not so much introduced as a territorial God who holds significant power and universal authority and universal power above all, right? Uh, so pretty much the understanding of the Canaanites was territorial. Um, so then when we look at the Israelites dependence upon the Canaanites to learn agricultural skills in the early days, uh, this was an immense of sociological uh, change from the nomadic like life, right? From a nomadic and deserted life. They lived in the desert and a logical change. Obviously, you know, you're coming from seeing nothing but land to and then now coming to a place and one uh, to a place where it is now territorial, right? So you come from a desert and the simple social order of the wandering shepherd to that of a settled farmer and trader, okay? So this pretty much meant from 
going from living or their living situation, going from tents to building houses, from the concept of open land to that of private property, from constant movement to searching of, gra uh, on, of grazing grounds, to living in villages and the city life, right? Uh, simple tribal rules to civic law, okay? Within these changes in the social order, it affected significant in terms of the rise of the prophets, right? Because the development of prophecy in the nation and life of Israel, it, 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 it depicted a, a change that occurred between the prophets, which is when prophets really arose at the time, to preserve the loyalty. It's okay to change, it's okay for change to come, but preserve your loyalty to Yahweh, right? It was, it was through this era that the prophet's main goal arose to preserve the faithfulness and loyalty to Yahweh, okay? Uh, spiritual purity, clear and resisting social change, right? So that's where the prophet's revelation came, right? The most of the power came from resisting social change. The, 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 and so, so society tells the people, I need you to worship Baal. And the prophet came up and arose, do not worship Baal because that is not your true God. The true God is Yahweh who brought you out of Egypt, who brought you out of slavery, who took you from captivity. They, they, their main goal and their lives depended on showing, on pretty much showing loyalty to Yahweh. Okay, and that is when the prophets really arose. Okay, it was through this era that their main goal was pretty much focusing on faithfulness and loyalty to Yahweh, right? Uh, and that's what made it spiritual purity, right? It was it was in resisting the social change. Okay, these were the antecedents of prophet in, in prophets in the ancient Israel. Prophets became the outstanding religious teachers of Israel based on this. Right, they were always teaching loyalty to God no matter what, loyalty to Yahweh no matter what the cost is. It's okay for change, but while you adapt to change, do not forget God who brought you out of Egypt, right? So the prophets were men of the marketplace rather than the study. Prophecy throughout history was always oral. It was declared it was the declared word of God. The prophets were not men who composed carefully. Uh, considered theological dissertions. The word that came from them were white and hot. It was simply fresh. Remember how we spoke in the last episode, episode one, we, I did mention that revelation or, or what prophecy is, is, a, is the revealed truth of God into a situation. So when we look at the social change or the social uh, change in regarding Israel, and when we look at the social change and the transition between being from the desert to now living practically a city life, uh, going from tents to now building cities, during that change, the enemy took advantage and it presented a new types of gods who were territorial in nature. The Israelites did not, and, 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 and the most phenomenal thing about it is when you look at the life of Israelites and everything, when you look at their life and you look at when God brought them out of Egypt uh, to, to follow a, a, a pillar by fire by night and, and a cloud by day, right? So when you look at all this, when you look at all this, the very first thing that God, God was showing Israelites was his faithfulness, his faithfulness, his faithfulness throughout the desert, his faithfulness. He was remained God throughout the desert. He remained the provider throughout the desert. So that way when they confronted the social change or economical change 
in, 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 in that transition that they can remain loyal to him. And that is when the prophet arose. That is when the prophet's primarily goal and focus arose to remain loyalty to Yahweh. It's okay for change. It's okay for you to change. It's okay for you to go from tent to buildings. It's okay for you to go from an open land to private property. It's okay to change. It's okay to adapt to that change. However, do not forget loyalty to Yahweh. Do not forget that God remains God. Do not forget that God is the God who holds universal power. Do not forget. So whenever there was a social change, you saw that, of course, we see it from Samuel to Elijah, Elijah to Jeremiah, Isaiah to Ezekiel. You see that every time there was social change or every time civic law would change, they will come up and oppose it because that's where their strength lied was standing up and providing and showing truth and loyalty to the one and only true God, which was Yahweh. So that is when the prophets primarily go and that's their primary goal. It's not so much calling judgment or, or, or showing signs and wonders or having a or, or knowing what's going to happen in the future. All that is possible only because of their simple act of wanting to show faithfulness to the true God, showing that their primary goal was loyalty to God. And as a result, judgment came. As a result, prosperity came or, or they knew what was going to happen for the tomorrow. So when you look at the primary goal, then you can understand their characteristics. Because when we look at, a, at, at, at prophets who are pretty much, and we'll cover that in our final episode next week. But when you look at prophets and their primary goal as straight warring and fighting and fire, that is true. They do do that. But that is not their primary goal. Because their primary goal and the reason why prophetic ministry exists is to remain and to show loyalty to Yahweh. They're extreme Yahwist. No matter what social change comes, remain loyalty to Yahweh, right? That is their primary goal. That is their primary focus. So when we look at warring and sending judgment, what happens is that the characteristics that we have of the prophet now changes. The characteristics that we now show in a prophet pretty much what happens is they're lonely, they're called to caves, and that is a misconception of the prophets, right? Um, so I hope you were blessed by this. Again, if you want more information or you want to become part of this project that we are coming, uh, coming forth in 2019, uh, House of Prophets, please visit our website at houseofprophets.co. Or you can also visit our website or visit my website at jonathanramos.org. And then we can definitely be able to provide you with more information. God bless you and have a good one.